Welcome back to the Cairo London podcast and today I've got the great pleasure of introducing you to Dr. Paul Danford. He's a chiropractor who works with us down in Kew and he shares some stories uh, that dates all the way back to when he graduated in 1982. But before then, um, Q Chiropractic actually opened up in 1965. Yep, that's 55 years ago. So we talked about what it was like in the early days, um, what it was like to be part of the profession which only had 115 members uh, at the time he graduated. So... You know, it's really interesting to hear about a, a man who was really a pioneer in the profession, but he also, you know, still works and enjoys helping people as much as he did back in 1982 when he first graduated as he does today. So he's in there five days a week, still helping the people in the community of Richmond and Kew. So sit back and uh, let's have a listen to what Paul Danford has to say. Well, welcome to our little Insta Live feed, Paul Danford. Pleased to be here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> technical glitch in the original getting you onto Instagram, but I'm super impressed that you're actually even on the Instagram, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was here bashing the phone. <laughs> anyway, we're here now. Uh, anyway, and I did this nice long introduction to you, which is now on the other video that I actually. I, I could hear that. Um, were you listening in on that one? Yeah, you? I could. Yes, I was trying to connect to it. <laughs> so. Well, uh, for those that don't know, I'm Craig McLean, founder of Cairo London. I'm speaking to Paul Danford, uh, long-serving chiropractor to the community. And uh, thanks for joining me, man. Um, yeah. I can't wait to sort of delve into the past and stories of uh, now. Well, look, let's just get it out there. What uh, what year did you graduate from chiropractic school, and where did you go? Yeah, I went to AECC in Bournemouth. Uh, at the time, it was the only college in Europe, so it was full of all um, uh, students from all over Europe. Um, graduated in uh, July of nineteen eighty two. Yeah. So. I'm now in my 38th year of practice. Wow. Which is longer than some of the people that work with us have been alive. How's yeah. that? And my, some of my patients as well. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of my patients. Yeah. So 38th year of practice. Um, and just, well, talk to me about, well, back in 1982, at least I was alive in 1982, but um, back in 1982, what was it that got you interested in chiropractic? Because I can imagine it's not, it, it wasn't a particularly well-known maybe profession at the time? Or Well, it, um, <clears throat> it started back in, uh, back in the 70s. Uh, whilst on holiday with my parents in France, I lifted a couple of suitcases. Something went in my back and uh, I was in extreme pain for the, duration of the holiday um which was a touring holiday in a back sitting in the back of a car which obviously didn't help the back um it continued i had back pain leg pain and i did various stretches and things to try and alleviate it um nothing seemed to resolve it so when i got back to the uk my father took me along to the gp um gps knew less about backs then than they do now um 
I was referred to uh, consultants. I had all the various tests uh, and they diagnosed a L4, L4 disc and offered me surgery, uh, which my father basically de declined. And he took me along to his chiropractor, uh, who was a Dr. Tansley in um, practicing in Adelston. And I believe he, he was one of the first or earliest chiropractors to qualify from ACC. I know he actually, apologies, he qualified in the States. Uh, and I had a course of treatment and it resolved the problem. But uh, you, uh, Craig, may be interested to take a look at my x-rays on the computer at uh, Q that I took um, in 2014 when we first installed the digital x-ray machine. Uh, my L4 disc is completely had it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I, uh, since then, um, that was when I was sort of 13 or 14, the only other time I've suffered really nasty back pain and leg pain was within the first year of practice at uh, a Q. And it was just the standing, the bending, the lifting all day long. And it, it affected my back. But um, I got over that. I had regular treatment and it's resolved. And I, I, I have treatment monthly now. Just I keep it, keep it moving. I see somebody uh, who looks after me. So Brilliant. So just go back to you were 13 when that sort of all kicked off and they were even going to operate at you at the age of 13 on your back. Mm. Wow. Well, it wasn't an option as far as my father was concerned. No, so he's been, he, he sought out uh, one of the earlier pioneers of the profession. Um, well, that was his chiropractor. My father's a dentist who uh, practiced standing up all day, and he used to suffer with his back, and he used to go and see uh, David Tansley, and he just took me along to see him. So uh, so uh, how did that evolve then, uh, that you started thinking about becoming chiropractor? Well, a tortuous route. Because my father's a dentist, it was always planned that I was going to be a, a dentist. Um, <clears throat> and I went through public school, got my A-levels. Uh, unfortunately, my, uh, one of my A-levels was one grade short to get straight into guys to do dentistry. So I had to go back and uh, reset my chemistry just to get the extra grade. And um, during that time, I decided that perhaps I didn't want to be a uh, a dentist and and that's when I applied to AECC and got in and did the course. So, so AECC began in the early 70s, did it? 69, mm, I think it was. Late 60s, early 70s, yes, Dean Road in uh, Bournemouth by the uh, county cricket ground. Okay. Okay. Um... Now, your brother, isn't he a medic or something? Is that right? He is, yeah. He's doubly qualified. He's dentist first, then did medicine, and is now a consultant max fat surgeon at uh, Guildford. Right, okay. Head of department. And uh, to be fair, he's eight years older than I am. He's still, he's still working in the hospital, still operating, um, which is unusual because uh, uh, the NHS tend to retire surgeons at 65 and he's 17 october and he's just revalidated for another five years to continue surgery under the nhs so wow okay but i don't think he's going to do another five years <laughs> <laughs> tell me about the um so the start of 
you went through AECC. Was it pretty much that you were 19 or whatever when you went there, were you, 1920? Yeah, yeah, 1920, yeah. And then it was a five-year degree still back then? Four. Four. And, and the first, first year really was like A-levels. Yeah. Um, and they're, because they were catering for, for students all over Europe who, were, who had all different standards of education, really the first year was getting everyone up to a similar standard and, and obviously kicking the uh, students out that didn't speak a word of English. <laughs> one, one chap lasted three days, I recall. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing at the time. <clears throat> it would have been the only chiropractic school in Europe, right? It was, yeah. Wow. Now, uh, so in Q, then came you graduated, and then how did it, you, you graduated, you came out, and you're like, what am I going to do now? And then talk to me about how you came across you. Um, well, obviously, in the last year of uh, practice, uh, practice last year at the college, you, you obviously make your uh, inquiries as to where, where you uh, might want to, to work. And I, my parents had moved down to Cornwall, you see, in, in the late 70s. Uh, so I'd I'd applied to a couple of practices in Plymouth, one in Exeter, uh, because I was going to sort of practice in the West Country. But um, then uh, I saw an advert that Chris Hadley put out looking for an associate, and obviously I I was brought up in in Surrey, so coming back to towards London wasn't a big problem. Um, I applied for the job. Um, had an interview. He he liked. We had a lot in common. Uh, he knew my family uh, very well. As a, uh, he actually was my eldest sister's first boyfriend. As it turned out, when the, he was at prep school, um, his parents uh, were vets in Isha, and they tend to look after all our family animals when when we lived in Hinchley Wood. Uh, and we just got on very well together. Um, hey, just go back. Uh, I've lost you there a little bit. The, the, so what was the name of the guy who was running and or started Q then? Yeah, the, it was the Hadley Chiropractic Clinic. And it was Chris Hadley was the, the, the chiropractor. That was, he basically built the practice as it is now. He, uh, he built it? Or... Well, he, he, he owned the houses above, the two houses above the clinic. And one house had a basement and one house didn't. Uh, the, the properties from the roundabout in the Kew Road going towards the London Welsh Rugby Ground, every other property had a basement, not every property. Right. So the reception end was the original clinic, which was two treatment rooms, x-ray, etc. And then he excavated underneath the house right. next door to create the clinic as it is now. I mean, when I took over, I changed things around and altered rooms and things, but essentially he created the space there. So that would have been about, what, the 70s or something? No, it was in 80. In 80, and in fact, the, the, the far end of the clinic, as it is now, uh, opened in June 82, which was three, uh, a couple of months before I started. So. And uh, so was it operating as it's like just one <laughs> placement in the 70s well um, yes yeah the, the the history of the clinic is um the original clinic was owned by a mrs green and and the practice was a, a an osteopathic clinic in turnham green or gunnersbury but not actually in the q road um uh, barry king was a new zealand chiropractor 
who bought the 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 record cards the business from mrs green i don't know mrs green's christian name i'm sorry um and he moved the clinic from turnham green to the q road because he owned the house upstairs one of the houses upstairs uh, and he set up the clinic originally upstairs and so what about what year was that do you know um that was 70 the clinic 65 in fact the clinic uh, was moved to Q Road in 1965. 1965. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Barry King owned it from 65 to 76. Oh, yeah, 76. Chris, Chris joined Barry King as an associate, then bought the clinic in 76. And then Chris has uh, worked and developed the clinic, uh, built the uh, the second basement. Uh, and then I joined him in 1982 and then Chris left in 86. And so I've been there 38 years and I, and I, and I was owner up until obviously seven, September 2017. So 35 years I was owner. What, what year did you take it over again? In 86, April 86. Okay. So it's quite a history, isn't it? You've got, you've got Barry King in 65, Chris Hadley in 76, then you in 86. Mm-hmm. And then you think about, um, you know, I guess, so the number of years has actually been open, 35 plus 20, uh, 55 years has actually been yeah. in a chiropractic practice, yes. And um, Chris Hadley obviously did the work to actually create the more rooms in the space. And so... Yeah. When, you, when we went into it, um, we were kind of, it obviously was set up as that way where you get changed in the cubicles, go into the yeah. room. And was it Chris Hadley that actually set it up like that? He set it up like that. He, he, um, and he in, the, in the, in the second, sorry, in the second year or first year that I joined him, he, he went to the States every month uh, yeah. for a week. And he went to Parker seminars and that's how Parker worked basically. Yeah, and so the Parker management from the states, mm. like, okay, the, the best way to help as many people as possible is to sort of, to sort of, maybe, and, and the best use of your space is to mm. sort of maximise the amount of people that you can see and help. And there was these change rooms and the yeah. private rooms where you would then go online the table, see the chiropractor, yeah. and maybe you know the CAs would be involved in the examinations and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, spinal touch was used. Chris had, Chris's wife did spinal touch. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's uh, uh, a combination of massage and nutritional support. Very good. So um, that's really interesting. The 1986 uh, you took over and... Um, as you say, so how many years was that before we then took over? You were running it for 35 years. So, yeah, well, 82, and then you took over in September 17. Yeah, 82 to nine, uh, 17, yeah. 35 years. Well, now, like I said, you're um, basically been and, and been operational in queue for that length of time, um, which is longer than some of the chiropractors we have have been alive. So... <laughs> What can you share with your wisdom? Um, well, I have to say, um, you have to want to help patients, to help the public. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm committed to, to the profession. Uh, I mean, even in this, in this period of COVID, I, I'd rather be there working and helping people than sitting around doing nothing. 
I have to say, it's nice having some time to myself. But you know, I I'd much prefer being being at work. If you can understand that. <laughs> Thirty-eight years later, um, uh, uh, you are still working five days a week, or you were before the COVID thing, right? Mm-hmm. I can tend to continue until I I stop. <laughs> yeah, but like it's it's been a, a pretty seamless transition, and when we did take over the clinic. Uh, a couple of years ago, the the obviously the plan was to have us take over the administration and have you carry on caring for the people, and I guess that sort of enabled you to do that with one less or a few less things to, to worry about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but that's there's definitely been the the consistent thing is is you're turning up, you know, caring for the the people that you see. Some people that have been seeing you for probably 30 years um some were some were some have been attending the clinic before i actually joined still still coming which is uh quite something so how much did you get into the because maybe early on as you were kind of like a pioneer of the profession or sort of you know there was i mean there's what three or four thousand chiropractors in the in the uk now i think that's about how many is on the register maybe five yeah. Yeah. I tried to tell you how many were on the register when I qualified. Yeah. 115. 115? Yeah. 115. Is your GCC number sort of pretty low then? 00072. <laughs> there are 115 chiropractors in the UK uh, when you graduated. Yeah, but the, the GCC wasn't in operation, or wasn't as it is now. The BCA really was our governing body, um, and um, GCC registration didn't come into '96. And the the uh, president of the BCA at the time got zero 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 one, um, and it was just a, it was a bit of a free for all as to what number you got. So I I actually made my, my application quite quickly to get a low number. So. Yeah, my number's 72. So. That, that's when I ended up uh, in the UK was uh, around that time that I was, you know, grandfathered into the, the GCC process, you know. Mm. Uh, uh, so I know what you're talking about, but, um, yeah, that's that's amazing, though, to think about 115. So that that was my question, though, I guess, was that how much did you get involved in the the kind of philosophy behind health and well-being and at the time, was there much of a kind of a philosophical push in the AECC or was it sort of very much back pain and neck pain? Well, I did write some notes about this actually last night and just uh, how, how have I changed or how, in effect, how, how the profession has changed in 38 years. And I don't know if you know much about Parker, but they're, they're I mean, it's a practice management management system, and they were very uh, keen on, you know, relief, correction, maintenance. I mean, that's what we all strive to achieve um, in order to maintain people's health and well-being now. Uh, but when I started practicing, it was really we were treating back pain and neck pain, uh, essentially, okay, with associated uh, extremity pains uh, and you treat the person you you got them better um, and then the idea was to you know gradually spread out the appointments and 
get them onto maintenance. Now, the whole system of, of chiropractic now over 38 years has changed because we're now looking at lifestyle and um, posture and and really making a change to the well-being of that patient. So we're not just backcrackers. We're actually looking at their, their whole lifestyle. And, and during the course of the early stages of treatment, you can kind of pick up where people are doing things wrong and, and why they keep on getting these episodes of back pain you address that and you tell me when you're going to have to make these changes and uh, it was interesting that the parker at the time were using that sort of three phase of care thing mm. pain stabilize rebuild reconstruct mm. strengthen whatever you want to call it yeah pain is the like the last one right um yeah so i guess they were the maybe the first ones to start using that sort of type of system right um well i believe so i mean i i obviously the information i got was through chris and it was really drilled into me in the four years we worked together yeah um relief correction stabilization and maintenance and it's it's just more more it's just more known about the 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 mechanics of the the human's makeup really and how important may uh, you know rehab is now so important so uh, you worked alongside Chris Hadley for just a couple of years and then he took off. Yeah, four years, yeah. Yeah, and then you, you sort of bought the whole thing, including yeah. the, the premises, right? Uh, well, only the, the basement, not, not the houses upstairs. Yeah. I wish I had. <laughs> Do you know, at the time, but just, just digressing slightly, just for your piece of information, when, I, when uh, Chris decided he wanted to, to leave and uh, he actually went down to Spain to work. Um, he offered me the practice, the basement, and both houses for £250,000. And putting that in perspective, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, well, I mean, those houses, uh, I mean, one's got a swimming pool out the back for crying yeah. out. Yeah, only one has a garden, the one, uh, the far end of the clinic, above the far end of the clinic. Uh, the one above the reception has no, no access to the back at all. So it's literally a flat. But yeah, I mean, the combined, that whole thing's probably worth three million quid, right? Maybe five, five. Mm. And I couldn't afford afford the the thought of uh, financing two hundred and fifty k, having just taken over a, a business. But as it turned out, the year after I bought the practice and the business i then bought a house in cobham and, and as a result i could have afforded it because <laughs> it came to the same amount <laughs> oh, anyway. a fabulous thing in yeah i know um okay well just the you know the running the clinic right just maybe going back to that um was it getting fairly busy then at the time if there was only a hundred and odd chiropractors probably only about 20 in london um mm. Uh, there was probably quite a bit of a demand and it had, I can imagine Q Chiropractic had a bit of a reputation around the area. Well, you see, when I joined Richmond, the the only other and nearest clinic to us was a Waldgrave Clinic in in yeah. uh, Teddington. Um, there just weren't any other clinics. I know there are five or six in Richmond now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. When Chris and I were working, there were two other chiropractors working all full time and we were very, very busy. And like new patients, we didn't have time to see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and always being an x-ray machine on site. Um, yeah, always. 
always a, a central part of the initial assessment to sort of see what was going on and all that sort of thing. Yeah, actually is important. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, yeah. I went off skiing that one time and I, I met a guy who was like the grandson or something of the, the original guy and I'm wondering if that was, I can't remember. If it was oh, no, yes, yes, yeah, the Matt. Oh, was it Matt Hadley you saw? Maybe, yeah, it sounds familiar. Yeah, he's a chiropractor. He works at Twickenham. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's Chris's son. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he certainly was telling a few stories about, uh, well, you know. I, I was living above the garage at the time when he was born. In, <laughs> well, he was born in the in the in uh, Kew Road, but he was born uh, by Chris's wife while I was actually working with him. So, I think we we knew, I think we threatened the idea of having some sort of celebration for fifty five years of um, opening of the clinic. So we should actually get around to doing that once we can actually have a celebration again. Uh, mm. Anyway, talk to me about what you did this morning. I have still got some hair on my head. Yes, I know. I had a, I had a, a round of golf, a oh. very delightful round of golf. And in actual fact, I, I played well but scored badly because there's always one shot every second or third hole that does your head in. Now. <laughs> What, uh, what are you? So t talk to me about how you, you're a very keen golfer. I had a round of golf with you um, in an invitational the other day, mm. last year it was. Was it last yeah. year? Yeah, it was last year, yeah. And obviously the invitational didn't happen again this year, but... It won't happen. It's not. It wasn't due until July, but it, it isn't going to happen, yeah. I don't think. How long have you been playing golf for? Well, I started when I was 14, and I, I played as a junior member at Toolswood, which is a golf course in uh, uh, near Dorking. <clears throat> and I literally, I played for four years as a junior member. And I got my handicap down to about 12 then. And then I didn't play golf again until 1998. <laughs> 36 years gap. And so really, I've, uh, the last... Uh, uh, Whatever it's fourteen years I've been playing. That's all. And but and I did I did play as a when I was younger. And twelve was the lowest handicap in your life so far. No, I was down to nine four years ago. Oh right, nice. So, but that's I was playing a lot more golf then than I am now. And, and golf's a sport you have to play. If you don't play a lot, it it just doesn't work. You don't you don't progress. It's, uh, it's a very frustrating game, particularly if you have a little bit of competitiveness in you. <laughs> Metaphor there with golf and chiropractic, though, there isn't. Say again, you broke up, sorry. No, just sort of saying there's a good metaphor with golf and chiropractic where, uh, you know, if you want the results, you've got to work hard at it. Um, and Absolutely. And all take... Uh, yeah. It's the same, but it's the same with, I mean, you and your, your cycling. You know, you can't just get on your bike and expect to ride 100 miles and come 14th unless you put in all the training to get there. And yep. it's the same with skiing. You can't expect to put your planks on your feet, um, you know, the first time, you know, ski well the first time you, you put skis on. Uh, everything takes time. And unfortunately, as you get older, it actually takes a bit longer. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, apart from golf, you into anything else? 
golf skiing. I used to love my motorbikes. Oh yeah. I haven't had a I haven't had a bike for a few years, but uh, I've had uh, a number of fire blades, which are fun to ride. What is a fire blade for those that do not know? I don't know. Honda CBR nine hundred RR. Is it thing where you jump on it and go into Europe or something, or not so much? Say again. Would you jump on the uh, on the and go to oh, Europe? Yeah, I've done that several times. We, my brother and I and a friend, we've we did four five years on the trot we went to uh cross france into uh switzerland and italy uh into boat down to bilbao across the pyrenees down to um uh port Benus, and round the other way across the top of spain down into portugal uh we've done we've done four or five holidays in various places in europe which is it is fun it's good fun yeah um Anything else outside of Cairo you want to bring up or have a chat about? Uh, I like my summer holidays. My wife, being South African, feels this country, even at 30 degrees, is cold. <laughs> no, so we've, um, I, I've been to the, the Maldives a few times. My favourite place on the planet, I have to say. I have not been, and I'm pretty sure that needs to be rectified once things goes back to some sort of normality. So you won't be able to take that thing that's hanging on the wall with you, then. No, I, <laughs> you can. Do, uh, I'll, I'll take a surfboard. Don't worry. We'll sort of try and find yeah. more surf. And, um, they do surfing on the, in the Maldives because they you, there are islands that are right on the edge of the atoll, and I've been out on boats uh, from the island I go to and uh, seen them surfing. Yeah, there, there is some good surf to be had out there. So, have you um, getting back to Cairo for a little bit? Is there anything in particular that uh, course of your career that you've really enjoyed working with or helping people out with um particular conditions um well every, every patient is a challenge in in certain respects um whether it is a a, a psychological challenge with, with that particular patient you know some people come come in quite negative and uh, in so much that they've been everywhere and done everything and and they sort of sit there with their arms crossed saying, well, what do you think you're going to do for me? And, uh, and that is a particular challenge that I like, turning people around, helping them where other people haven't helped them. Um, it's, there are challenges in everybody. You know, someone who has a particular disc problem, for example, they are uh, disc injuries are a challenge in themselves. Uh, but I, 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 I tend to find the... Um, the harder you try and the patient appreciates your, your trying your best and hardest, um, they, they're the ones that will comply most. And th to be fair, the, the longer we, we're given by the patient to help them, the more likely we're going to get to the end, end result that we both want. Um, and I think you have to, you have to be a little bit... Um, you have to be overly sympathetic to the patient, I think, um, and, and and really let them know that you are doing your best to to help them. And they're not just coming in just for us to take the money. We're actually, they're coming in because we want to try and, and get them better. 
Yeah, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? Because uh, as you say, whether it be a more complicated disc injury or something like that, and we all know that healing times with disc injury can be quite a lengthy process, like three mm. to six months. Um, and as you say, the more you do at the start to gain the confidence and you, know, you can see how hard you are working at, at, at trying to give all the detail of the problem. Mm then the, 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 the more the trust is then placed in you and, you know, then, then maybe they, they will see through the recommendations you make mm-hmm. and then you're obviously going to come out the other side much stronger. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, even those people that sort of get that dramatic change and the sort of feeling amazing within a couple of weeks, um, mm-hmm. by, by sticking it out that little bit longer, you can kind of then get better function, not just better well and also the number of times where someone's come in with a, a back problem and you treat them and you you know your your aim is to to correct the mechanics of what is wrong and then within a few weeks they say well i don't know if this is important but such and such has improved and this that and the other is improved and it's just a, a byproduct of, of of improving your mechanics the spinal biomechanics um, uh, improving the nervous system the way it works i don't know if uh, I'll, I'll put you on the spot how do you normally describe say a what is causing someone's back pain when you're speaking to them? like well you've obviously described this every day for 38 absolutely years. i mean people relate to words that they they hear on tv or from their doctor or wherever I mean, essentially and this covers nearly everything and with regard to the symptoms relating to mechanical back problems is you've got inflammation inflammation is a word that covers a multitude of sins and and essentially that whether it's an inflamed facet joint or an inflamed disc or an inflamed nerve or or whatever inflammation is a word that they can readily relate to but you also then have to explain why they have the inflammation so what's going on in their back is it posture related is it discogenic is it something else um pelvic problems i think as far as the lower back is concerned, uh, are actually more common than most people think, um, particularly, you know, more and more people now sitting in front of computers for hours at a time. It's the pelvis that, that suffers rather than the spine. As you know, sitting, when people are sitting, there's, there is little stress on the, on the disc itself, um, but, but a lot of strain on the, on the pelvis. City at a desk or city in a car, and our lives are, uh, yeah, more and more sedentary. We are not designed for doing that, are we? So. No. But inflammation, and then you know, once you have this concept of you've got inflammation of a particular joint, and then you can then progress to say, well, as a result of inflammation, the muscles tense up to protect a joint that's injured, and, and <clears throat> tension in the muscles adds to the symptoms, increases the stiffness. So it's like a, um, a cycle that gets set up and we're, we need to break that cycle. Mm. That's interesting. And then once the inflammation dies down, then that's when uh, sometimes the body still gets locked in that sort of bad habit, isn't it? And then that's mm-hmm. longer term trying to break. Yeah, p- people have habits. I mean if they have a habit of sitting for long periods of time at work, even when they've had treatment feel better, they're still going to go back and sit for long periods of time at work, unless you try and re-educate them not to, but also give them structured exercises for particular problems. 
helps as long as they do them. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, was there anything else that you wanted to discuss? Um, we've been, as I said, 42 minutes, uh, including our slight technical glitch at the start. Yeah, that's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, it but, wasn't my fault, just things didn't work, <laughs> as I, I was expecting. You know, you're, you're not an avid Instagrammer, which I think you should remain uh, away Ooh. from. Instagram. I've had this app on my phone now, must be three or four weeks. Yeah. <laughs> is this the second time you've opened it up well it is actually the first one was when we had a, a meeting wasn't it the other when i first installed it <laughs> i get why we just said it. i think it was just a case of like if you need any help yeah and uh, we can help you set it up you might as well um no yeah. Obviously, I will be turning uh, this into a little podcast, so um, you'll be able to share it around those. Because do you ever listen to any podcasts yourself? I listen to uh, um, Michael's uh, "Let's Go Let's Duo." <laughs> Let's Duo. <Yeah. laughs> that that took up ten minutes just just pronouncing his surname. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Thankfully, we didn't need to go there with you because I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Well, you say that the number of people that don't get my surname right, it's, it's only two syllables and it's Dansford or Dunsford or Danforth or anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time on this sunny afternoon. I hope it improves right. a little bit more next time. You're, um, yeah. yeah, so you, you're able to get a few more rounds in uh, these days. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing on Sunday, and I'm playing next Wednesday, and I'm playing next Friday. <laughs> but it's two balls at the moment, like two. Well, funny enough, just before we came, uh, this this Instagram uh, meeting started. Uh, somebody texted me who I played with th this morning said that next Friday is going to be four balls allowed. So, oh yeah, because uh, I think we're groups of six or something from Monday. Yeah. So yeah, so in theory, golf is then going that next step. <laughs> There's no reason why it shouldn't be outside as long as you keep two metres apart. That's not a problem. Mm. And I generally keep more than two metres apart from the people I play with. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Well, look, thanks again, mate. I think we should just right. under it there and I will be seeing you personally soon. But good to see yeah. you in the virtual world. Yeah. Thanks, Craig. <laughs> Big soon. Cheers. Bye.